0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular.
2: Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf beastmaster ranger.
1: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren,
4: your humble DM,
3: and welcome to Dungeon
4: Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm Lauren, aka Obo. I am your humble DM for this wonderful one-shot I'm going to be running for my friends and some other friends who've come to visit. We have uh, three of the regular players in our podcast and three amazing guests that I'm going to introduce to you shortly. But first, let me talk about what I'm drinking. I have some hot cocoa because I have a lot of hot cocoa left over from Basically, the holidays, everyone decided I needed hot cocoa in my life. And so I have boxes of hot chocolate and I'm not complaining. I just need to spread it out a little bit. So that's what I'm drinking. And now we're, we're going to go down the line. I have six people here that I am super excited to introduce. First, we're going to start with our regular players. Bernie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
3: Hi, I'm Jules. I play Bernie and I'm also drinking hot chocolate because we went skating today. So I have, I made myself a chai hot chocolate and it's got a little bit of rum in it and two marshmallows. And just two? (laughs) Just two. Only two? I actually probably could have fit like six in this mug. It's huge, but like, it's like a perfect little post-skatey. We did the whole canal today, actually. So I'm really excited. I live in a place where uh, the canal freezes over in the winter and becomes the largest, not the longest. We have someone else here who will appreciate the fact that Winnipeg decided they needed to have the longest skating ring in the world because they have literally nothing in their lives. And (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's horrible. But it's true.
2: Typical Eastern attitude. I tell you, the (laughs) prairies have put up with this sort of thing for far too long.
4: Jeez. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is how we start off is just <laughs> shooting shots at Canada. Well, you enjoy no,
3: specifically <laughs> at Winnipeg. They just made a longer skating ring. They're like yours is eight kilometers. We're gonna make ours eight and a half. I don't know how long theirs is, but ours is <laughs> larger. No, it's really fun. If you ever get to come to Ottawa when the borders are open again and things are safe, I highly recommend actually coming in the dead of February and skating down the canal.
4: I look forward to that. I look forward to being safe. John, what are you enjoying?
1: I'm John, also known as Carlton Tanks. Uh, I also have a hot beverage. Uh, however, it is uh, not hot chocolate. It is tea from Friday afternoon, uh, and it is the critical blend, which oh, has a nice. very unique color that I was not expecting.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. The purple, like the lavender purple. Yeah, yeah it's it like almost like a teal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, if you could ever drink it in like a clear cup, it is a, a surprising color.
1: It is very tasty.
4: Nice. And Jonathan, how about you?
0: Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Muscular, and today... I am drinking my usual. It is a truly hard seltzer. It's the lemonade version. I love these things. If you listen for to Dungeon Drunks for any amount of time, I I have drank an unhealthy amount of these, but they are good and they do the job. So cheers. Cheers.
4: Now we are unfortunately down, Jack, our lovely Travancore, because he has had his new addition to the family. So we miss you, Jack. But I am super pleased to welcome three guests to this show. Aaron, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
5: Uh, hi, I'm Aaron M. Evans. I'm the author of the Brimstone Angels saga, which is a series of Forgotten Realms novels featuring, featuring the character I'm going to play today, um, as well as Frida, who's also an Idol Champions character. And I play Cecilia on Dungeon Scholars. Uh, I'm drinking African Amber, Mac and Jack's African Amber, Ooh, um, which cool. is a beer that's made locally. It used to be you could only get this on draft, so it was a kind of going out beer. Um, but since the pandemic started, they started canning it. And I love it because then I can have it when I feel like it's perfect
4: pizza beer. Oh, nice. The, the tiny silver linings of the, the pandemic is being able to have stuff like that. So that's amazing. And up next, Mark, how about you introduce yourself?
2: Hello, I'm Mark Mir. I do voices in video games. And one of the voices I did in the past was that of Baloth the Entertainer, the mad drow sorcerer who features as a villain and, and possible party member in... Uh, the Baldur's Gate Enhanced Editions, Uh, and I will actually be playing Baloth in the game today because he has recently joined the ranks of the Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. And uh, I am drinking a nice cup of English breakfast tea, and appropriately enough, I'm drinking it in a cup from the Orc's Nest, which is one of my favorite gaming stores in London, England. But uh, you you can't see that because this is a podcast. But trust me, there's an orc on this cup.
4: I can verify is true.
3: If you take a picture of it and send it to me, I will make a promise that I'll put it up on our Instagram, and then it may or may not happen. Okay. All right.
2: That's, that sounds like a deal. That sounds we have a compact.
4: There we go. A, a may or may not compact. And last, but certainly not least, P. Dave, would you please introduce yourself?
6: BD Walters, I say words about things, I'm feeling deeply misled that there's no cameras here. I work really hard on this halfling costume. Like this wig is <laughs> this red and, and green wig is just immaculate. But I just Okay, whatever. Theater of the mind. Imagine it. It's incredible. It's heartbreaking and beautiful. If you
3: take a picture and send it to me, it's <laughs> yes,
6: No, no, not no, 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 no. You need you need to see it in motion. It's like uh it is it is like having tassels on a gown during disco like a still just doesn't do it justice. But whatever, whatever, whatever. That's cool. Whatever. Thanks, Lauren. Whatever. You're welcome. B, B- Dave Walters. Uh I'm actually on a show with Erin that she didn't oh my n- God, <laughs> feel like mentioning. On Monday <laughs> <laughs> uh at 11 what when
4: I go first. I forget things. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like she had like three or four other things that she needed to talk about first. That's, that's, you, know? you
6: know, prioritize. I get it. Um, we do Champions of Lore on, on Idle Champions uh, on Mondays at 11. Uh, tune in. I don't know. Actually, I guess by the time you hear this, we already announced. We announced a thing this past Monday that just in case it gets delayed, I'm not going to announce here. But maybe uh, give a listen. Keep an eye out. We're announcing a thing. Author of Dungeons and Dragons of Dark and Wish, the comic series, DM of the stream of the same name, which is also having its series series finale this Thursday, which is probably eh, yesterday. I don't know. Pending when this went out, that might've just happened or is about to happen imminently. And yeah. And otherwise you can find me where fine streaming content can be located. Awesome. And what are you drinking? kachava superfood smoothie shake thing meal replacement so i'm mm, doing my, my my healthy boy thing because i got to worship at the iron temple after this otherwise uh i would be uh turning up so you know i'll, <laughs> I'll have one for you I'll have, later i will have a drink that will require a con save and toast it in your, <laughs> in, your in your honor
4: well you know even if you continue to have the meal replacements I'll, I'll take the cheers no matter what you're drinking with all of that out of the way shall we play some dnd i'm excited yeah sure that sounds Just, eh, that sounds it's right. right. I haven't gotten to everywhere.
3: play in a while. This
4: is- Yeah, I know. It's it's been it's been a week or two. So all of you are familiar with the town of Boken. It's a tiny little rest stop along the Sword Coast that is mostly known to adventurers and mercenaries like you as the perfect place to pick up a little bit of extra coin. See, there's not much in Boken. It's tiny. It's a couple of houses, a tavern or two. And a very large wizard's tower, about five or six stories in height, totally made out of what looks like some corroded metal, although it is incredibly strong. It is the main feature in this town. It has no windows and a single door leading to an elevator that leads to the top, where your sometimes employer, Gabriella Seville, employs you to be on hand. See, you don't know exactly what she does at the top of this tower. No one really does. She's nice, but aloof. But she pays anyone who comes by decent coin to sit around in a local tavern and wait and be there and be on call for that moment when the alarms go off. And in all of the years that you've traveled in and out of Boken and taken a day or two of work here to pick up a couple hundred dragons and basically sit in a tavern all day, the alarm has never gone off. It has been years. This is kind of the sweetest gig on the Sword Coast, except the alarm just went off and you're all sitting in the tavern. So at the moment, two different parties of you are enjoying the Dreaming Wolf Tavern. Rosark is the only other person outside of the six of you in the tavern at the moment. He's the bugbear proprietor and as you all hear the fireworks go off, as you all hear the, mm, 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 as you all hear and smell the alarm that you've been told about, that you've been warned about, that you have a little instruction card that lets you know exactly what's going on, you've never actually seen this happen. And Razark kind of sighs and moves to a blackboard behind the bar and erases the number that's on there under the days since the alarm went off, and draws a big zero, and looks at all of you and says, Well, I guess it's time to work, eh? And so I would like to know, Bayloth, as you sit there with your two companions, would you take a moment and describe yourself and tell us, what is your initial reaction to hearing this alarm go off?
2: Baylot looks up on hearing this announcement. Uh, He is a drow with burning red eyes, uh, typical long, flowing white hair. Uh, His dress is, of course, uh, in drow fashion, but you would note that it does not contain any spider motifs. There are no spider motifs in anything that he's wearing. Uh, He's carrying a very intimidating-looking staff that has a skull carved on the top of it. But his demeanor is actually quite Cheerful and pleasant. He's probably talked to a number of people in the inn tonight about possibly signing up to be a performer in some uh, gladiatorial venture that he apparently is starting up in the Underdark. Uh, He's not too pushy about it, but he does have a number of pamphlets and things like that. And he's been promising uh, great wealth to anyone who signs up. At the sound of the alarm, he sighs briefly and goes, well, a deal's a deal, shall we? turning to his two companions. Havilar,
4: would you describe yourself and tell us what your initial reaction is to the alarm going off?
5: Uh, Havilar is a a young tiefling woman. She's rather tall. Uh, She has sort of bronze skin and dark hair that has sort of a purplish cast to it um, that she wears in a braid. Um, She is well-armored and sitting with her, holding onto her glaive. She's always holding onto. Um, She has gold eyes. That, like, like most teethlings are pupiless. I don't know if the, she's allowed to bring her dog into the tavern, but potentially she has a dog. She is,
3: because I have. <laughs>
5: you
4: are absolutely allowed to bring your dog into the tavern because cool, cool. you are not the only dog. You, you do not have the only dog. <laughs>
5: <laughs> they can be doggy pals. So, sitting behind her is a uh, hellhound the size of a draft horse, which is wearing a basket muzzle. This is Zuni. Um, and at the sound of the alarm, I think Hevilar jumps to her feet because now we're going to do stuff and she wants to see what's at the top of the tower. She's been waiting for this.
4: Awesome. Awesome. As you jump to your feet freely, would you describe yourself and your reaction to this
6: alarm? When the alarm goes off, especially when he sees Havilar jump to her feet, the first thing he does is look at Zuni with beast speech And he's like, okay, Zuni, like, you know, when the muzzle comes off, just on, on, only bite the people that I go after. Just, you know, just just, just trust me on this. Just... Don't bite the bugbear, but this time, please. Freely is uh, very tall for a halfling. Brown skin with a bright red hair with green streaks in it, and he has a uh, clockwork mechanical arm. He is dressed rather simply uh, in, in a blue cloak. He does have a shield uh, across his back that has the face of a turtle sh- uh, of a turtle carved into it, uh, very intricately, and an ornate silver longsword that hangs on his hip. Uh, but he just sort of stands up, and he's like. Okay, time to do some hero Uh, Baloth, remember, you said uh, if I helped you with this gig, you were going to show me a real Tarasque. I'm, I'm starting I'm startin to have my doubts, Bayloth, but, you know, I... <laughs> I guarantee you will not be disappointed. But in the
2: meantime, let's <laughs> dispense with this uh, tiresome task, and we can move on to more exciting
6: endeavors. I have literally yes, yes, no yes. reason not to believe a Drill carnival barker. Yeah, that, this is 100% <laughs> what it appears to be. Let's go.
4: He sounds very convincing. So as the three of you stand up at one table, the Havilar, your, your giant puppy, has been eyeing being friendly with another dog in this, in this bar. There is a battle mastiff with a, a very nice, basically a, a riding saddle next to Bernie. Would you describe yourself and your reaction to the alarm?
3: Yeah, Bernie is a tiny little gnome. And she's got red hair that she usually keeps very neatly braided in a crown around her head. Uh, she's fully in, uh, I think we have her in scale male armor. And if you looked closely, you would find that the scales actually look like tiny little bee wings. But she has actually been sitting on the floor next to her dog, uh, whispering to the Baron Von Coco Snoot in Nomish about, so no Nomish. it sounds like she's telling him something very important. If you do... She's brushing him and telling him what a good dog he is and reminding him that he needs to have a lot of Dignitas and he can play with the big dog outside, but he has to be really good first. And you have to be nice to the big dog and you can't go after the big dog. You can't bark like one of those little yappy dogs that we've encountered. Lots of stuff like that. Uh, she spent her time in this tavern kind of discreetly going after Bayloth and handing out some homemade chick tracks in order to convince every person that he's tried to... Um, recruit for, for his fighting ring that he's actually recruiting for a cult um, <laughs> so she's she's uh, been spending a lot of her time either brushing her dog or uh, making up a different deity every day to <laughs> spread the good word um, so he hasn't had much success or he's had some very very interested religious fanatics coming
4: <laughs> interesting
3: <laughs> and she hears the alarm and she gets She goes, does anybody Actually, know what we're gonna do I, you really, I really think we probably should have done like a, a practice like a drill. do we do a drill? I don't remember a drill. I think we should have done a drill.
4: Jonathan, at this moment, you do remember with your keen mind that you have been given a little card that is supposed to have the basic information in case the alarm goes off. Uh, so why don't you describe yourself and uh, what's your reaction to the alarm?
0: So Jonathan the Mag Muscular is a human. And he looks like a wizard, uh, except for the fact that he is extremely well-muscled. He has a sleeveless uh, purple iridescent robe that goes over his uh, his massive brown arms and his uh, bald head. He's got a goatee. He-, he looks a lot like me, but except much more muscular and a lot smarter, actually. He has been playing with his, uh, his owl, his little owl up. Uh, buxton bertram bellwether uh aka bucks uh and he has been working on some equations trying to figure out why this one spell is eluding him and bucks has been pecking at something. It's like jonathan the med muscular doesn't think that's the way bucks i think we have to carry the eigenvalue over here and then and then that's when the alarm goes off and oh uh, jonathan the med muscular knows what to do jonathan the med muscular has a card And he holds up his card and it's like one of those nuclear codes. So he breaks it and takes out the card and is like, uh, well, I think
1: Carl,
4: Carlton, Carlton. And Carlton, hearing this, would you describe yourself and what your reaction is?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Carlton is a, uh, seven foot, uh, half orc, uh, like grayish green skin, bushy beard, unkempt hair. Uh, you see he's got a very large shield that has a direwolf face with blue eyes. A white direwolf with blue eyes on it. Very ornate sword that uh, he's kind of like gleaning over. Uh, but he's gleaning more over the plate of food in front of him that he's just ham fisting into his mouth. Uh, as Jonathan's like waving this thing in his face like, Let's go, let's go, let's go. and oh, yeah, Just paying no mind until Bernie eventually slaps him upside the head. And he's like, oh right, we're supposed to do the thing when the thing happened and the thing and
0: We're we're, we're supposed to do the thing. Uh hang on, Jonathan the Magumuscular will uh will review the card.
4: Yeah, you take a look at the card. The instructions are fairly simple, sadly. When the alarm goes off, which includes the weird horn that you're hearing from outside, the torches on the outside of the large tower turn green and spark like fireworks, and the elevator will automatically come to the bottom of the tower in order to pick you up and take you to the top of the elevator or to the top of the tower. So when the alarm goes off, you're supposed to get in the elevator and go fix whatever's gone wrong.
1: And that's your instructions. Do we notice the other group running to the elevator?
4: Oh, all six of you kind of stand all at once. You, you've you been the only people in Rosark's tavern for about a day and a half. And it's very obvious to all of you. Oh, you've also been hired to do the thing. Like you're used to seeing other people in this tavern who are probably on the payroll for the couple of days. So it's not a surprise when all six of you jump to your feet. And what would you like to do?
3: Are you sure we should get in an elevator? What if this is a fire?
4: Well, Jonathan
0: the Muscular thinks that the chances of a fire and the alarm... Actually, the chances would be pretty good. But let's, let's get into the elevator since those were our instructions. If not, I can just bamf us out. We'll be fine.
2: I don't really fancy trapping myself in a metal box. Tell you what, I'll take my carpet up to the top of the tower for a bit of recon.
3: You have a carpet? Indeed Ooh. I do.
1: Ooh, Bernie, can I go with the stranger? <laughs> That sounds way more fun.
3: You know, way beyond.
1: Because I'm pretty sure with all of us and the animals, if I go with you in the metal box, I might put us over the weight limit.
4: You actually do know it's a very, very large elevator. You will all fit, including your animal companions, <laughs> with room to spare.
3: Barney's like looking at the, the bigger dog and like trying to do math, but she doesn't do math.
6: While they're debating, I look at Bucks with my bee speech and I say, um... Uh, so which one of them is in charge, or at least which one should I not listen to? <laughs> and Fox replies, Oh, oh, you definitely want to listen to uh, my my uh,
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular or Bernie. Uh, Carlton, he, he has he is a smart for a barbarian, but he is uh, he's very, very whoo, he he uh, he is easily swayed. So I would follow either the gnome or the human.
6: Easily swayed. All right, hey, uh, Carlton, you and me, elevator buddy, let's go. And I turn and walk out the door. But carpets. He's gonna show me a whole new world.
3: You can learn about that new world later. Let's get on the very dangerous elevator and go up
6: in a legally distinct way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me. Stick with me. You'll never
1: have a friend like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a new friend. He's gonna saunter over to Bailiff.
3: And Bernie's gonna sigh and go to the elevator side. Every time, every time, this is every time we meet new people, he's like, ooh, people, it's not like we haven't been in a large city before, there's new people everywhere.
1: But there's not many new people with carpets.
3: We have a carpet in our house, Carlton, I'll let you roll around on that.
4: So you all head outside, Carpeton's who is right getting there. onto Baloth's carpet?
2: Uh, Carlton, if permitted. Yep, Carlton's welcome, he's like, oh, sure thing, friend, looks like we're all
6: on the same team for now.
5: Havilar really wants to ride on the carpet, but I don't think Zuni should ride on the carpet. So I'll go in the elevator.
6: Nah, I mean, I can keep an eye. I can keep an eye on Zuni if you want to go She listens to me.
5: I know, and I have mixed feelings about that. I feel like you're
6: trying to take my dog. No, she's your dog. It's just we have an understanding. That's all. I mean, you know. Okay, fair. Havilar, do you think Zuni would leave you even if I tried to get Zuni to leave you? Which I'm not, but do you think she would?
5: Look at Zuni. Hmm. You are super cool. Okay, fair.
6: All right. It's a, uh, yeah.
5: But All also, right. I really want to ask the gnome where she got that saddle, because I really want a saddle like that.
3: Oh, it looks so great. Losing doesn't look so badass with a saddle like that. You know, actually, Carlton bought it for me in Waterdeep.
5: <gasps> Ooh, where in Waterdeep?
3: That's a very good question.
1: <laughs> uh, I Which, relay the information that I'd never wrote down. <laughs> 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 we don't need to talk about shopping trips.
4: Which Carlton will tell you as soon as they come back from their little excursion. So as, as Havilar and Bernie are bonding over saddles for dogs, you all know that you have... About a minute before the elevator will arrive, it is a slow-moving elevator that is automatically coming to the bottom of this massive tower, and so Baloth and Carlton, if the two of you would like to get onto a carpet and do a little recon, you, you do have enough time to do that and still make the ride. Yes,
2: yeah, that's what, that was my initial idea. Does Havilar want to accompany us? I do have room.
4: Yeah, okay.
1: Very well.
5: If there's a monster on the top, I want to hit it first.
1: Carlton hands out his... Uh, like, hand open with the fist, like, for rock, paper, scissors over Havilar, but who gets first dibs?
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I need both of you to roll a d20, just a straight d20, and tell me the numbers, and we'll see who wins your rock, paper, scissors. While
0: they're doing that, Bucks is also flying alongside the, uh, the magic carpet, because he is fascinated by it.
4: Okay, 17. 10. (laughs) Yeah, Havilar, rock beats scissors every time
1: glaive beats rock you're a worthy fighter i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right the three of them are getting on what i must assume is a flying carpet from context
0: clues <laughs> or it's
3: a really hilarious joke
4: <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls out a carpet it's like you're
0: on my carpet
3: <laughs> and bernie's gonna lean over to carlton and she's gonna whisper and she's gonna say if you fall off i'll leave you that way and then she's gonna walk over to the elephant <laughs> okay it's so- true she will oh. <laughs> so while Bernie,
4: Jonathan, and Freely are all headed to where the elevator is going to be arriving, Carlton, Havalar, and Baloth get on, once again, what I assume must be a magic carpet, we're going to find out shortly Baloth, how do you activate your carpet and where do you go?
2: Baloth snaps his fingers and the carpet sort of like unfurls itself, he sort of just steps onto it uh, it's like, alright, let's see what's going on at the top, I'm going to wait for the others to get on, obviously, and then, and then uh, just sort of, uh, sort of Go up like an elevator, essentially.
4: Sure. The tower itself is a massive structure. It is easily four or five stories high. It's a little hard to tell exactly because there are no windows. There's no way to see inside. But it is squat. It is huge. Uh, It's got a very big footprint. As you rise on up, you can see the torches on the outside on the top have turned green and are doing the the sparky thing to let you know that there is this alarm. The constant horn has stopped being quite so constant and is now a occasional every 30 second, which is nice because it makes it easier to talk. Everybody on the carpet, go ahead and give me perception
1: checks. Uh, As we're riding up, I'll inform my new friends that uh, despite what Bernie says, she will heal stupid.
4: (laughs) Not this. Avalor, what'd you get? 26. Ooh, Carlton?
1: I'm finding out about this new game log thing. Hold up, It's that's exciting, isn't
4: it? <laughs> oh it's super God. cool, but since we are an audio podcast, I make sure that I still ask for numbers. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> Can we see each other's rolls
1: now on the uh, yes. Beyond? Yes. Yeah, so Great. Are,
4: wow. Since you are all now in, in the same campaign.
1: But that was a natural 20, so that's a 35. Oh. oh.
4: All right. I'll, I will drink to that. And Bayloft.
2: Baloth is like, he's just sort of concentrating on talking to the carpet right now. It's just like, all right, yes, that's a nice smooth ascent. He doesn't seem to, he, got, he rolled a 10. He doesn't seem to be paying much attention to his surroundings.
4: Well, you're more concerned with keeping enough distance from the sparking torches at the top in yes. order to prevent, you know, fire hazard. Mm-hmm. So you don't really notice anything except what was already described, Havalar. You're listening very intently because you know you can't see into this tower and you hear a weird thudding and it's hollow sounding. Like it's a, every once in a while you hear a thum, almost like a bell noise. But you're not quite sure what it is. But there's something large or loud enough happening inside the tower to cause this unrhythmic thum.
5: I was gonna say I would turn to Carlton and say I think someone is paying a really big bell but badly
4: and Carlton as you're keying in on this bad bell you've been in this elevator once you've all been in this elevator once or twice actually this is how you get paid is you've had a chance to get into the elevator and ride to the top you're not allowed to get out into the actual wizard's tower part of it but you've ridden to the top and gabriella has been there to pay you and that's how you kind of know the the basic layout and had a chance to try out the elevator and you remember this noise you decided the first time you got into this elevator to jump Because, of course, that's what you're doing to get in an elevator. And you, despite the fact that this elevator is 25 by 25 by 25, it is a massive metal box. You are a massive enough half-orc that you managed to move it enough that it hit the side of the shaft that it goes up. And this is the noise that it made.
1: Yeah, so, fun fact. uh, I shook the elevator once. And that's the sound it makes. When it hits the sides.
2: Hmm. Then I think yes, I think we were wise not to get inside it.
5: What do you think's shaking it? Yeah, but it's real fun. It sounds
4: super fun.
1: Yeah. When it's when it's going back and forth, it's like a
4: as you are flying around uh, examining the exterior of this building freely, Jonathan and Bernie, you have reached the bottom where the doors will be opening to let you onto the elevator. You can actually hear the slow, careful descent of this mechanical marvel, and you know that you've got about mm, 30 more seconds before it arrives. Um, is there anything all of you would like to be doing?
0: Oh, Jonathan the Manch Muscular is going to be like, ah, well, if the alarm is going off, then... uh. uh. Time to work, and he touches his chest and casts mage armor, and a, a force field essentially like shimmers over him. And then he also looks at his two companions. Don't tell Carlton, but Jonathan the Magimuscular may have forgotten to give Carlton his mind blank today. Would either of you care for a mind blank?
3: I'm good do it oh yeah it takes like 10 minutes doesn't it
6: no but it just lasts for a while and we might as well do it now i feel like my mind's pretty blank all the time champ so i, I you know i what, what what does that entail exactly oh uh it, uh it gives you resistance to psychic damage
0: and it makes it harder to control your mind
6: oh yeah 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 no i'll take it sure
3: mm-hmm. all right i'm ready yeah. yeah we have a lot of um we've had some past issues
0: and he's gonna be like friend is it okay if jonathan the Muscular lays a hand on you
6: Oh no! Consent is sexy. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And so Jonathan, the muscular puts his hand on uh, Freely's head and uh, he so says, "Very, very and, calloused hands for a wizard." Okay, uh, you know, I lift, bro. <laughs> 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 and uh, you feel as if a your mind has gotten a suit of armor as you are now affected by the mind blank spell. So uh, I believe that gives you resistance to psychic damage, and you get you are immune to charms. Yeah. Uh.
6: I mean, hopefully that doesn't make a... <laughs> You're immune to my charms, though, buddy, does it? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, look oh. at those arms. Oh, <laughs> oh. no, 100% not. <laughs> okay.
0: uh, as you squeeze,
6: Jonathan meds muscular flexes. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeon math, yeah. Uh, having been in and out of this, I realize these doors are mechanical, but do I have any reason to believe they are locked? Make a history check. That is not a certain halfling strong suit. Let's see. <laughs>
4: Let's see if you can remember... How much of your orientation the first time you went up in the elevator was?
6: Not a lot. That's a big old tin. Okay.
4: <laughs> you don't remember if it was locked because you were let in, so you haven't had a chance to check it. You do remember that the doors do open and close automatically, which must be something mechanical, magical. You're not exactly sure. And you do know that there are safety mechanisms inside of the the shaft so that if the actual cabin you're going to be riding in, if something were to go wrong and you need to exit it in the shaft, there are magical devices to help assist you to lower yourself back to safety. They won't bring you up, but they will bring you down.
6: I would like to use Thaumaturgy on the door. Uh, If it's unlocked, it will open. Uh, I'm not going to use knock. I'm not going to force it, but I'm just like, open Sesame (laughs) and see if the elevator door is open.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They do. You have opened the elevator doors before the elevator has arrived, though. So what you see before you is the bottom of an elevator shaft. It's
6: pretty blank. I actually want that on purpose because I'm going to go full final destination and run and look up the elevator (laughs) 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 to see if I if I can see if there's flames or chaos or combat or anything of the sort. Is what what he's trying to figure out. Can Bernie
3: make like some kind of reaction check? Be like no, (laughs) because she has like a lot of experience with stupid <laughs> actions like i feel like i should have a bonus against like you know like when moms grab their children to keep them from running into the street the like the t-shirt Mama grab i'm gonna say you can say no
4: but you are not used to freely's brand of impetuous and thus are not used to the the nonverbal cues in order to make that grab so but you definitely get off the no just before he runs on in freely do you have dark vision
6: uh, no, my moon blade glows, but I don't.
4: Okay, so you run on in, look eh, up the
6: eh, ship. Eh, eh. I don't just like body myself into the elevator. I, <laughs> I mean, the final
4: destination to me, so I was prepared to have it just land on you and that would be the end of freely. That was gonna be great. No, okay, so you, you poke your head in, it's pitch black, and. It's hard to make out any details, but you do see about twenty five thirty feet above you the elevator is descending, so you've got a second or two before it looks like you need to pull your head back out. Make me a quick perception check,
6: but it seems to be in order it's not not uh, not you know it's not on fire there's not like I don't hear the chaos of battle echoing or any such thing.
4: uh, we'll see what this perception check tells
6: you that is a uh, big old twenty two
3: Oh, cool. It oh, you're like seeing popped up and it yeah. was like, yeah, I right? like that.
6: Yeah. Right? Sorry.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I am I'm, I like it too.
6: Just for for the, for, sorry, since you guys can't see it. And now in D&D Beyond, if you're all in the campaign, you can see each other's roles. That's what we're nerding out about. Mm-hmm. It didn't yeah. used to be it's that way. It's
4: It's awesome nice. for us. But also, as I said, as, as an audio podcast, it still means we have to just uh, say what we were all. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I love being able to look over and be like, oh, nice. Freely, you poke your head in and so you don't really see anything that is surprising to you. You don't see flames or or whatever, but you also now hear that dung noise, and you do think you see the the whole elevator shift just a little bit in the shaft, and so metal on metal is making this this little bit of a dung noise and yet I think you hear something up the shaft, but it's it's the echo of an echo. It's so far above and it's above the elevator that you can't make out what the noise is. But you do hear noises from what you assume must be the top of this tower.
6: I just kind of move back out of the elevator, and I look at uh, Jonathan and Bernie, and I'm like, hey, I think something's wrong in the elevator, and I just draw my sword, and still Thalmaturgy to make my voice boom, and I'm like, Baeloth, Havilar, something's wrong in the elevator, and just kind of like move back a little and get ready. The three <laughs> of you over a okay.
3: Havilar's dog, and she doesn't speak to animals, but she's like, You know, I really always thought that it was just us. There's just something intrinsically, I don't know, wrong with us. But it's really nice to know that your friends are just like my friends. And we all are just, (laughs) woo-wee. And she uh, pulls out her mace, Kevin, and grabs Jonathan by the back of his robes and starts backing up as (laughs) well. Can
5: Howler lean over the side of the carpet and shout back, Yeah, we know! We hear it too! Also, the torches are doing your sword thing up here!
6: Wait, this sort of thing, like green flame blade the <laughs> Green Flame Yep. Oh I don't know if that's good for us or bad for us, but okay.
3: Do you get, like, special dust that you put on it to make it green, or is it sort of like a, like, Jonathan's, it's blue, and I always wondered if there's like, a squeeze bottle, or...
6: No, you just gotta believe in it. You know, they say, like, uh, you know, blue flames burn the hottest, but, I mean, I've used this on the bottom of the ocean, and it still was, like, so, I
4: mean... Baloth, as you're flying above, what what were you going to say? I
2: was just asking, do we spot anything once we get up to level? Is there anything at the top of the tower or is it bare?
4: It is bare and it's unremarkable. It is a flat top of nothing. It is as if it's just the top of a, you're basically seeing the top of a ceiling. There's nothing there. It It is a giant square metal box. It's kind of an unimpressive wizard's tower, except that it's made out
2: of metal. Okay, gonna drop straight back down uh, as quickly as possible to rejoin the others at the base of the elevator. Can let them know. It's just like, well, there's nothing up there that's worth noting. Uh, But uh, we did hear something weird going on with the elevator, too. Or rather,
1: Carlton did. It was going clank, clank, clank goes the elevator.
4: You descend and everybody backs up just as you watch the elevator arrive. And just like a modern day elevator, you, you see the, the floor descend and the massive interior of what is just a big metal box. It is, as I said, 25 by 25 by 25 feet. It can easily accommodate you all. You all remember from the last time you were in this, there is a, a weird arcane button On the side, on the interior that you press, it's just a single button. And when you press that, the doors close and you go to the other floor. Pretty easy to operate. And as the elevator descends and is open for all of you, you don't see anything inside.
2: Well, you know what they say. The best way to spring a trap is to walk right into it. Do you think the
5: elevator came to life and it's been jumping around in the shaft? Is that why the alarm went off?
2: Yes. Uh, I think that possibility is remote. Uh, uh sure, yes, why not? We check it.
5: I think you should check. Okay, I'm gonna have run up and I'll smack that elevator with my glaive. Alright, roll
4: me an attack. Hopefully I don't break the elevator. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hopefully you don't break the And while your she's weapon.
1: doing that, I'm like ooh, Jonathan, before we forget, and I like present my head to get mind blanked. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Twenty seven. Oh uh Jonathan the muscular sorry. No, no, you're you're fine. Carlton,
1: you'll you're gonna do great, buddy. But No, you're you're good. But my brain armor. No, you're fine.
3: Not today.
1: And you see, like, brain he was all happy-go-lucky <laughs> and, like, this, like, my 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 brain armor. You're good.
4: You're fine. Aw. <laughs> Havilar, do you hit the floor, the ceiling, the walls? What are you going after? I'm feeling walls. Okay. I hit the wall with the glaive and see if it says, ouch. Okay. Or bleeds. You charge epically into the elevator and stab the back wall. You hit the wall. Go ahead and roll damage.
1: Wait, that would be genius if it was a giant mimic.
6: This would be a great mimic, honestly. Uh, That would be a great mimic. (laughs) Yeah.
4: This is a nine.
6: Just walk right into its mouth. (laughs) You (laughs) poke
4: your glaive at the wall. It is a magical implement that you have. And despite the fact that the elevator is made out of incredibly thick metal, you do all hear this noise as you, you poke a hole in the metal of the elevator. But it doesn't bleed or scream or anything. Does not bleed or scream.
5: Guys, I don't I don't think it's alive, but I, um hmm. you put a hole in it. I just for look, airflow.
6: Look at Hevelar and I'm like, hey, all right, you one-shot this thing. Hevalar, up high, and then I just get on the elevator. Bailoff
2: seems to be musing. He's like, now uh, clear this up for me. Does our contract specifically stipulate that we have to ride in the elevator to get paid?
4: The contract says that you need to go to the top of the tower. And as far as you know, the only way to get to the top of the tower is by the elevator. Now, if you would like to figure some other way out, I'm willing to entertain those, those thoughts. But as far as you know, this wizard's tower is pretty well shielded. And the elevator is the only official way to get up and
2: into the top. And, and besides, uh, we're in the realm of possibility where the top of the tower could be in another dimension and the only way to access it
6: is through the elevator. All right, I'll get in the elevator. <laughs> I'll, I'll protect you, Bayloth. Don't worry about it, buddy.
2: Mm.
0: Jonathan the Magic Muscular was uh, was hearing Bayloth's uh, train of thought, and you can see his fists glow blue as he's like, Ooh, "Get blast the elevator!" Oh, no, we're not gonna blast the tower. We're just gonna go in. Okay, cool, Jonathan the Magic Muscular. We're with it. Let's go.
6: No correction. We're not gonna blast the tower yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've picked the
4: right adventure.
1: Uh, yeah, Carlton goes in the elevator as well. Oh, yes, Jonathan,
6: don't worry. I'm sure there'll be time for wanton destruction later, if we're lucky. Bernie, might I extend my hand to a lady to assist you?
3: (laughs) Bernie puts her hand out imperiously and sighs a deep existential sigh (laughs) and gets into the
4: elevator. (laughs) Bernie, are you currently riding Coco Snoot or have you left Coco Snoot behind?
3: Coco Snoot is coming with me because she feels like if the other dog gets to go and Coco Snoot doesn't get to go, she's going to hear about it later. But she'll make sure that she hears about it in the form of Coco Snoot pooping in someone else's <laughs> bed, and not hers. So,
6: it just by since, you know, before uh, whatever delightfully not at all cataclysmic thing that's waiting on the top of this elevator i i, I can i don't know if you all have this ability but I, I can speak to animals i mean if there's anything you'd like me to like ask your dog or tell them for you or, or your owl here like like i translate for zuni all the time it's done wonders for their relationship
5: it's actually really helpful and you have a very special bond with zuni and i appreciate it and i'm sorry i snapped at you earlier i just really want to do something
6: it's, no, you, but you, <laughs> already, a kill monster! you already defeated the elevator. Like, no, you're like leading the league right now, Havilar.
1: Yeah, see, Jonathan does the same thing. It's called telebond.
3: Bond. <laughs> oh. oh, I guess we should do that. Is there enough time?
0: No, I, I think we're, well, Jonathan, hold. And Jonathan the manager, is going to sit in the elevator and he's going to start trying to ritually cast a telepathic bond.
4: For your own advocation, especially since uh, you've got a keen mind, Jonathan, you know the trip to the top is going to take about a minute. At okay. Most so, not
0: enough time. All right, There's not fine.
4: enough time unless you want to use a spell slot to cast it immediately. I don't
0: I
2: th- prepare telepathic bond. It's ah, a- well, <laughs> why would I do? Why would I prepare?
4: I figured I'd ask. Uh, DM
2: <laughs> question: yes. uh, Is there room for another, say, large-sized creature in this ev- elevator? Yes. Oh no. Oh, then, then I think Baloth will probably summon his hound of ill omen to uh, just play with the other
6: dogs. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, thank yes. everyone! This is Marmaduke.
6: Just immediate (sighs) tummy servers. immediate. I'm a marmaduke, you big old boy.
2: (laughs) The camera
4: pans back at anyone who is standing outside of the elevator as the six of you and your various familiars and carpets and dogs all get in. The last thing we see as the doors close is three different dogs all getting pampered in some sort of way (laughs) as the elevator doors shut and the elevator begins to rise and... It is a relatively smooth rise. It's the, the normal upward motion that you're familiar with. This is just a big metal box. There's nothing really to look at except for Halvalar's nice uh, golf ball sized hole. You can see the the side of the elevator going by. You can even see, because your hit was so on point, I mean, it's perfect, You can see that she has placed the hole in basically the center of the elevator where on each of the walls of this shaft, there is a escape ladder in case you need to exit the elevator. Um, And you do know it's a magical ladder and where as soon as you grab onto the rungs, it will just gently ease you on down. And so you can see the rungs going by. Um, There is a... Hatch at both the top and the bottom if you do need to escape. It is, though, 25 feet above you because this is a very large metal box. And as you all rise up, would the six of you give me perception checks, please?
3: I don't know about you all, but I'm concerned about the number of ways we can escape this situation.
4: <laughs> I love that you're concerned about the number of ways you can escape. Like, I've given you too I many escape like
3: you options. made it very clear. Like, hey... <laughs> You might want to use this one or that one or maybe that one. So many choices.
1: While the, while the, once the doors close and we start moving up, Carlton kind of starts gently swaying and humming some elevator music.
4: <laughs> 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 All right. Freely, what'd you get?
6: A big old tin.
4: And Bayloth.
2: Bayloth is—he's uh, busy rubbing a tummy of a hound of ill omen. So yeah, he rolled a nine.
4: And Jonathan.
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular muscular rolled a fourteen. And Bucks is going to try and roll here. Let me see if this actually uh, works. Bucks will
4: not get advantage on this, by the way, because this oh, is okay. not for sight.
0: Then he just gets a twenty-one.
4: And Bernie. Bernie also got a twenty-one.
1: <laughs> and Carlton. Do do twenty-eight. Do do
4: <laughs> twenty. Okay, all of you got a 20 and above, and it makes sense, actually, for Havilar and Carlton, as the elevator rises, especially the further up you go, you are now experiencing the noise that you heard. As the elevator, every once in a while, shifts ever so slightly, and then hits the side of the shaft, and uh, you hear the doom.
6: Eh, yeah, And it
4: every couple of seconds as it continues to rise the shift gets a little more violent
6: uh, no freely, it's do 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 not right. eh. do do, right. do. Uh, no wait hang on no we'll workshop that um is is there like a, a, a loose tile or anything um there's, there's a, a hatch, hatch right? at
4: the top of the elevator going there to there boost uh yes please which, All right.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, actually, uh, Bailoth is going to step onto his flying carpet and maybe the others should do the same. Like I can get a, another two or three people so that we're not in contact with the floor of the elevator. We're actually like standing on the carpet.
6: For when the electrification starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: right. I've seen this trap before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan the muscular is going to cast a spider climb on himself. And is going to run up, uh, move up the side of the elevator to the, to the ceiling and hang from there.
4: Okay, so we've got Freely on Havalar's shoulders. We've got Bailoth on the flying carpet. We've got Jonathan spider climbing. Uh, Bernie, how about you and Coco Snoot?
3: Bernie and Coco Snoot are going to shuffle over to the flying carpet. And she's going to be like, you know, this is actually really nice.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, it is fine workmanship. I'm actually I'm going to let the uh, Hound of Eloman disappear so that we don't have to worry about that for spacing in the uh, in the elevator. And yeah, so I'll make room for anybody who wants to join me on the carpet.
6: Bye, Marmaduke. See you next time. Burr, burr. <laughs> if there's room for
5: Zuni, I'm going to tell Zuni to sit on the carpet because I have um, winged boots. Ah, perfect. I fly a little bit
4: super cool. Yeah, freely gets onto your shoulders and you just kind of hover a little bit. And, and Carlton, how about you? What you doing?
1: I'm going to walk over the carpet, but I'm also going to pull out the alchemy jug and say mayo. Because uh, if ca- this thing starts getting crunched and we got to squeeze through things, we can make it nice and slippery.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Carlton, we can make, we can make oil. It's too late. He's made mayo. So, as- oh, that's
1: right. We did, with, we did it with the bear and mayo last time, so that's the only thing I remember.
3: Yeah, yeah. We did dip the, the bear and mayonnaise, and you remember how god-awful that was, right? The smell? You
1: Would remember? you rather be squished in the elevator?
3: No, but oil.
1: Then, I, then I, rest, I rest my case.
4: Okay. While this conversation is going on freely, you have undone the latch for the ceiling of the elevator. You've opened it inward, and you're now looking up the shaft. And uh, go ahead and give me a perception check. Is your moonblade out at the moment?
6: Uh, yeah. I'm gonna okay. go and you all would see out of his mechanical arm, a sword pops out and just starts glowing. Then he kind of holds up like a torch. Ooh. As it starts glowing, uh, Bayloth lowers his goggles of day. Oh yeah, sorry about that, buddy. It's a you, you know I it, yeah I, sorry. Which are basically sunglasses. The <laughs> <laughs> coolest <of> sunglasses. The <laughs> coolest of sunglasses. That's a big ol' one, but I'm a halfling. You halfling. So <laughs> I'm a halfling. halfling. Yeah. So <laughs> let's see. Squint and squint and look again. Uh, which 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 became a natural twenty. Became. Oh, nice. a- <laughs>
5: <laughs> Ooh, I
6: love it when the, that <laughs> is my favorite when it's when the one goes to a 20. Yep. So it's a 23 total.
4: For those of you at home who've never listened to our show on a natural 20, we do usually take a drink and cheers. On a natural 1, I usually ask my player why they have failed so miserably at whatever I've asked them to do. In this specific instance freely, I want to know why at first does this fail and then what do you do to succeed so amazingly?
6: I Get rid of him like, no, it's okay. So I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Wizard trap. If I just put my head up there, there's going to be like a razor or something cut my head off. Okay, so uh, I'm going to lead with the arm because uh, I can call Avery and he'll make me a new one. So, and then I just like stick the glowing light up and kind of wave it around a little to get a better view of what's going on.
4: All right. As the elevator is rising, you're about uh, two thirds of the way up. So you're almost at the top of this tower. The shifting of the elevator is getting... It's almost violent, but it's at this point you're used to it, so it's not causing any issues yet. Freely, as you glance up, you do see the doorway that you're going to be exiting once you get to the top that leads into uh, Gabriella's office, study, tower, laboratory, kitchen, who knows. Those doors are open, which is Odd, because you know that these are usually double doors. There's the elevator doors and there's there's the outside doors. Those are open and off their hinges. And something is causing the actual metal rope that is connected to the elevator. That's the thing that hauls you up and down. Something is causing it almost like a concussive noise or blast, uh, like air movements is shaking the supports. And that's what's causing the entire elevator to shift is there's nothing directly impacting it, but you can almost see air currents being forced out of wherever this this interior is hitting the wires and the wires are moving a little bit at the force of this. And it's causing the entire elevator to katoom, 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 and shake around in the shaft.
6: But I, but I don't see the source of it. Can, can I see any distance inside the room?
4: Um, not really, but you're going to be there in about 12 seconds. You've got, like, a little bit of a heads up before you're about to arrive.
6: Okay, uh, all right, then I'm not going to do anything to try and get there ahead. I'm like, I but I recount this. I'm like, everybody should probably, like, try and get along the sides of the elevator here, because when the door opens, we're going to get blasted with something. Oh. And I do kind of, like, pull my shield out. kind <laughs> of like I mean, I describe what I what I've observed.
3: Sure. Bernie yeah. steps a little to the left behind Carlton.
1: And Carlton kind of mimics freely, but kind of puts it in front of, like, Bernie and, like, in front of Freely as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like hey, hey, thanks, man. All right. <laughs>
4: You're kind of also still on the the, the carpet, so it's, like, Bayloth, Carlton, Bernie, and then, actually, it sounds like Freely and Havilar and Jonathan are all going to be on the other side?
0: Yeah, yeah Jonathan the muscular is going to go up the side a little bit, and so he's going to be, like, sort of spider manning on the side of the elevator, and he's got a handout kind of waiting with expected blue flames sort of emanating from his palm.
6: Yeah, she, shield up, but the goal is not to have the doors open and just, like, take it in the face, whatever this is. You know? <laughs> Baloth uh, is definitely going to get behind someone with a shield. <laughs> yeah.
2: Alright. Probably the seven foot tall yeah. oh, yeah. the and she
3: says, There's room back here. I do this all the time. Oh yes.
2: <laughs> I find this is the safest position. So uh, yeah. What downwind of a half horse mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well behind. Well behind the meet you.
0: Jonathan the muscular is actually gonna do one more thing. He is going to take a uh his free hand and he's gonna encircle his head. And as he does, he casts crown of stars, and seven stars appear behind his fingers and start uh, swirling around his head.
4: Perfect. And Havalar, how about you and Zumi? Uh, I'll give Zumi uh, the order Eshata, which
5: means ready in infernal, because I say it does. So that, <laughs> whatever, she was, she's prepared to take orders. And in general, just kind of stand on the side and brace, because I don't have a shield, because I need both my hands for my glaive.
0: Oh, Bernie, Jonathan the Muscular just blew our escape spell, so we're in this.
3: Good job, buddy! You really bad a thousand there today with spells, aren't you? Doing good. Doing great. I'm proud of you. And as Bernie
4: announces, in in sarcastically how proud she is, the elevator arrives. You hear and feel the massive metal box that you were in kind of junk at the top. The doors open and. It's probably a good thing that you all got to the sides and braced, because as soon as the doors open, a figure is flung inside the elevator, hitting the back wall, almost exactly where Havilar made a giant hole in it, and then sliding (laughs) in a bloody mess down to the ground. You all immediately recognize your employer, who is looking on Death's door, clutching in her hands a napkin-wrapped object of some sort and is pointing back out the elevator doors. And as you look out onto what used to be her living room, study, kitchen, dining room, laboratory, giant area, it is half-filled with this strange orange goop this massive ooze that is this almost reddish-orange color, formless and shapeless, but gargantuan, is pulsing and slowly, no wait, not slowly, kind of quickly, filling the room. Pseudopods of this orange glop reaching out to grab something, almost like it's pulling itself forward. It's growing and pulsing and slimy. And every time it grows, it grows almost in this violent capacity that you then feel the force of the air being pushed out of the room and into the elevator. And it all makes you get pushed back and the elevator ka-chunk against the back wall. And Gabriella holds... Oh well, who would be the closest? Uh Baloth, I think you're the closest since you're kind of behind behind behind. Baloth, you're the closest, so Gabrielle from the floor holds out the napkin wrapped object to you, and her last words are
3: Get this out before it all explodes.
2: Do we <sighs> Do we have a healer in the house?
3: Oh, I can do this. Down there. I got this. Bernie, I guess, is going to she wants she she was worried that we wouldn't get paid. If Gabriella spells, it's been a while, guys, since spells.
6: While she's doing this, can Freely mage hand the down button? Like, <laughs> oh. <You> absolutely. Can. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, so mage, so uh, Freely's mage handing the down button, so the doors start to shut. Bernie rushes over to what is now the dead body of Gabriella. Uh, Bayloth, are you taking the? Yes, Bayloth,
2: uh, having just sort of been, uh, somebody deal with this. He's uh, looking at what he's been handed.
4: Okay, so you've, you've grabbed that. I'll get back to that in a moment. Jonathan, in this moment, what would you like to do?
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular really only has one instinct, is, and uh fireball.
3: All right. Yeah, I was going to say, you <laughs> should light that on fire. So <laughs> he is going to
0: cast a, we'll say, fifth level fireball at this thing and see what happens.
4: This is a dexterity saving throw, I assume? It is. Um, that is going to be a 19.
0: Oh... Uh. Barely, it's still going to take half damage. Right. He barely saves. So he's going to take half of... So half of 34, so 17. Fire damage.
4: Okay. Describe your fireball as it goes off.
0: So Jonathan the muscular, having seen a, a condition o- upon which fireball will be cast, his, a small blue bead erupts from his hand and almost in slow motion, heads towards the, uh, the thing and explodes in a blue concophony of fire and force. And he's like, ah, I got it. I got it. Now nah, That's fine. Jonathan Magimuscular has this. Oh, crud.
1: Jonathan, that would be a great time to teleport us out of here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Jonathan, you watch as your concussive, as your little bead of concussive force gets close to this massive monstrosity of a creature it with surprising speed forms a hole parts almost like water in order to move around it and while you're when your fireball goes off it still singes much of this orange goop the main part of the blast misses it carlton in this moment what would you like to do
1: do i notice freely going to mage hand the down button oh heck yeah all right then i will uh draw my weapons and prepare uh, and not run into the room and have the elevator leave me behind. <laughs> because I was totally <laughs> going to do that. And then I saw a little mage hand coming in like, no, we're just going to leave.
4: He said, Do d- go, 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 go. And Havilar, how about you? Same.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think she was ready to go for it, but going We got like psychic down.
1: link, like we see each other, like, yeah.
5: later.
4: Later
6: i <laughs> i <like, I'm> like,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: she goes right
4: freely, grabs her, the back, her back. The two of you are having that moment we with each other, that. like, yep, yep, here we go. Oh, freely. Yep, yep, here we go. As the doors are starting to close again, Baloth, you unwrap this n- napkin, uh, and it is just like a lunch napkin. It's nothing special. Inside of it are two things there is a little leather bound
2: journal and a piece of cheese. Okay, well, I look up from that and see that a fireball has just been cast and go, well, a good idea is a good idea.
4: And you're also going to fireball? Yes. Perfect. All right, I got to give you a dexterity saving throw. Sorry. Let's see if I roll as well the second time. I do not. That is a 12.
2: All right. And uh, yeah, difficulty was 21. So this will be 96. Nice.
4: And what does your fireball look like?
2: Belot's fireball is uh, a traditional fire, but he's a traditionalist, so it's a uh, it, it's made of fire. It looks like, or you know, like fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's fire-colored fire. And uh, yes, that was a, a fourth-level cast, by the way.
4: Nice. So Jonathan gets off his, and this creature manages to duck and kind of split out of the way. But then, in that moment, yours catches it full on, and you watch as the side of it goes. <sighs> And there's now this big blackish burn mark on the side. It is at this point for the ease of everything. I would like everyone to roll initiative. For those of you who have Wait, can I Oh yes, I'm know, sorry.
3: You were I was gonna like, like, oh,
4: I'm gonna heal this person. <laughs> yes. We will roll initiative, but but Bernie, what are you doing in this moment as you rush on over to Gabriella?
3: I think she's gonna do spare the dying. Yeah. Just cause like she's not dead yet. She's gonna like lick a finger. She might poke her on the nose and just be like all right girl tell us what's going on well spare the dying will stabilize her
4: so that she's no longer making death saving throws but she is still unconscious and as you stand over this well now no longer a body just a unconscious woman you can see uh, she's in rough shape if you had arrived moments earlier or moments later you don't think you would have arrived in time so but yes everyone go ahead and roll initiative
1: Hey, uh, Baylith, you gonna you gonna eat that cheese? I think we should probably save it. It seems
2: kind of important, but it's just cheese.
3: Carlin, don't eat the cheese that you don't know what it is.
2: Let's read the book first, and then see then see if we can eat the cheese.
4: Distinguished adventurers we interrupt this special one-shot to talk a bit about the reason we get to play this fun game. We want to thank Codename Entertainment and Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms for supporting our podcast. We had a fantastic time playing with Aaron M. Evans, Mark Meir, and B. Dave Walters, and if you are enjoying listening to them as much as we enjoyed playing with them, then you're going to want to watch them on the CNE Games Twitch channel on a new show called Idle Champions Presents. Starting Monday, February 22nd at 4pm Pacific, you can see this new live play TRPG series featuring a rotating cast of guest champions who are all featured in the game. And you can influence the characters and events of the episodes through in-game daily votes. Follow Idle Champions on Twitter, at Idle Champions, to find out more. Finally, before we get back into the adventure, we're pleased to offer you a free Electrum chest to unlock some loot for your game. This week's code expires on February 17th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. U-D-O-N-B-L-A-E-W-A-N-E So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, let's get back to the show. For making things easy, those of you who have familiars, mounts, and or other companion animals, carpets, anything with you, they will go just after you in the initiative order. Freely, you are up first. You have mage handed the button. It is starting to close. You do think you have probably about, it's it's a slow moving uh, door Mm -hmm. close. yeah. Yeah, you've got about 12 seconds.
6: Dope. Uh, That is more than enough. I'm going to go ahead and, um, because this thing is not out of melee range because it's closing in on us, but it's not here yet, right?
4: It is closing in on you, but it is about, the tendrils that are whipping out towards you are about 10 feet away. And then what seems to be at least the main mass of this thing is about 15 to 20 feet away, but it's growing exponentially.
6: 12 12 seconds uh more than enough time. Okay. <laughs> so, Let's bring it on, Freely. Let's do this. <laughs> you like see like the the door starts closing and it's like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on." Okay. Okay. Uh Okay, wait. You guys like we can, we can go get it, but then like get back on the elevator and then like d- dive off the elevator and attack the nearest piece of it. Sure. I am going to go ahead and green flame blade it though.
0: Green flame! Uh, am I going to green flame blade it? Uh,
6: yeah, I'll green flame blade (laughs) it.
0: The the crowd has called for it. Listen, we're not, none of us have a packs to go to, so
6: we have to make do. That is true. Uh, so that's going to be a 28 to hit. Yes. Presumably this thing is not a fiend or undead, correct? It is neither of those things. Just had to check. Okay.
4: I'll just give that one to you.
6: (laughs) But uh, since Freely knows we're in a rush... And um, I got these new people to show off for. I'm gonna drop a double smite on it. Sure, <laughs> smite and eldritch smite. I'm all like, bail off bail off, bail off. <laughs> 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 I will roll all that and get it to you because it's it's a it's it's a lot of numbers. But I'm I'm gonna okay. drop I'm gonna drop fourth level smite and. Uh, Third level Eldritch Smite, and I'll get you the numbers.
4: All right. Jonathan, you're going to be up next. Carlton, you're on deck. So while Freely is getting me those numbers, you've watched as this halfling who just mage handed the door and got it going, then said, let's go and
6: ran on in. Just, Ooh. But to be clear, I'm, uh, it's 10 feet. I'm moving. Hit it and then coming back into the elevator. <laughs> he, he has
4: warned you to come back in, but yeah, for the yeah. moment in this in this intense moment, he has run after this creature. Jonathan, what would you like to do?
0: Jonathan the muscular knowing magic and seeing that uh, freely dropped a, uh, a massive double... We won't say a deuce of uh of smites, but a double smites on this monster, and so he's like, "Oh, oh, right, new friends. Um, ha, let's show him what we can do." Jonathan the Magic Muscular has been wanting to do this for a long time. Jonathan the Magic Muscular reaches back with a hand as it's wreathed in blue flame and brings it across his body in a pu- punching motion. As a what can be described as an, a fiery small moon appears behind him breaks up into sm- four smaller chunks and then races toward the creature as he, for the very first time, has cast Meteor Swarm. Okay.
4: Go ahead and uh, what What do you or I have to do for Meteor Swarm? And then we'll jump back to Freely's damage.
0: <laughs> it's really easy. It's a deck saving throw. You do oh. these all the time.
4: I, I do a lot Jonathan, of these. what the hell was that? <laughs> New stuff! That is, is going to be a failure. That is a six, nine. So go ahead and roll your damage, and we'll jump back to Freely. How much damage did you do?
6: Still tabulating.
3: Oh. <laughs> As this is happening, Bernie, Bernie looks up at anybody else in the elevator and says, Does anybody know if the tower needs to survive in order for us to get pay,
2: pay, paid? Oh, it'll be fine. It was built by a wizard. They build these things to last.
3: You saw the hole. You saw the hole in the elevator. Oh, yeah, right. You saw that? You saw that?
2: Okay. You know, sometimes destroying a tower is its own
1: reward. Destruction
3: engineering. Destruction engineering. Yeah, I could probably just let her stay like this if we destroy the tower. For all she knew, she died. Just tell her that the ooze ooze did it.
6: Whose fault is it? I'm ready.
4: And what's your number,
3: Freely?
6: I rolled awfully. It's only 59.
4: Only 59. (laughs) Only 59. (laughs) I rolled so many (laughs) ones. Okay, you still do. Uh, You slash, slash, slash and flames and fire. And then for dramatic effect, I'm going to say you then move back out of the way just as a small meteor shower inside of this tower appears (laughs) and wails into this creature. (laughs) Was there anything else you wanted to freely or was that it? it was just moving back into the elevator?
6: But see, uh, I don't think he. Let me see if he had a if he had a relevant bonus action. No, 'cause we're about we're about to go, so I'm not I'm not gonna use up a, another spell slot or a hexblade's curse. So yeah, I would just uh, I'm like eh, ah ah.
4: And as you duck and dodge from the meteors, Jonathan, how much damage was that? So thanks to various buffs and feats and things,
0: uh, all the all seven ones that were rolled uh, all get converted <laughs> into two twos, uh, sixty one, and then with his int modifier, since that's his first damage roll, that's going to be sixty six damage.
4: All right, and that's all fire, right? That's
0: all fire. Okay, and uh, and as he does that, he he's also going to fling a uh, a star off of his crown. One more for the road, uh, and that's going to hit a twenty-three. That twenty-eight well, AC
6: meteor swarm. Some of that's bludgeoning, I think, isn't it? If it's level nine. Oh, meteor swarm? you
0: might. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Star is going to hit it for another. That can't be right. That can't be right. It says thirty-three damage.
3: Yeah. Four d twelve. The computer can't be wrong. No,
0: the computer can't be wrong. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it does four d twelve, right? Yeah. On star. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just all right. But, yeah.
4: Okay, Carlton, as you are getting ready to do whatever you want to do, you watch all of this damage. Freely has lit this thing up. Jonathan has called down the moon or something. However, (laughs) this creature does get to go next. And it pulses and shifts forward five more feet. And one of the arms of this ooze is going to lash out, I guess, it freely. Because you're probably the closest thing, and it's got reach. And so it is going to...
6: Cloak a displacement, so it's got disadvantage.
4: It's got disadvantage. All right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's going to attack first.
6: He's a slippery halfling. (laughs) That's more of my halfling luck. That's uh, the the universe conspiring to protect me.
4: Uh, With disadvantage is going to be uh, 24 to hit.
6: Uh, I'm going to put up my shield. So my okay. AC nice. goes to 27. <laughs> I'm like, ah!
4: This giant, dripping, oozy, orangish arm slams against you and tries to wrap around you. And your arcane shield flares. And he huh. is- You guys, this isn't good. Is the uh, the cloak of displacement, once I hit you, is it when I hit I you? I need to or... be damaged. You need to be damaged. Thank you. Yep. So I'm still at disadvantage. So that is definitely not going to hit with your shield. So a second oozy arm tries to uh, hit you from the other side, basically forcing its way into the elevator and whipping out at you. But once again, your shield goes off. And that's all it's going to do for the moment. Carlton. It's your turn, Havilar, you're going to be on deck.
6: I just, I just imagine like Freely going full Spike Spiegel here. I'm like Yeah. Running back towards the elevator.
1: <laughs> I look at Havilar and I reach out a hand to Havilar and I go, Do you trust me?
3: And Bernie goes, you bro, don't. <laughs> I mean it sounds like fun, so okay.
1: I grab Havilar's arm and I take Halfling's exit in the other one and I throw it, seeing if I can teleport both of us.
4: Read me off Halfling's Exit. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I I'm, have
1: not. I'm intrigued. Because I don't normally want to pull the rest of my party into combat. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
4: excited.
1: Uh, this javelin was created by Halfling Artificer, who was known for using it not for martial, but yeah. to escape paying a bar tab. Uh, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this weapon. Additionally, once per day, immediately after throwing the javelin, you can use a bonus action to teleport directly to the javelin's location. You cannot use this feature again until you have completed a long rest. It just says... It doesn't say I can't bring somebody along. It doesn't say I can, but it doesn't say I can't. Well, you know
4: what? In this moment, it's way more fun if Havilar comes with you. I'm <laughs> going to say the battle puppy does not also come. So uh, your your giant puppy is going to stay behind in the elevator. But in a moment, you go... Funk, and this javelin gets thrown out. You do have to make so an attack see it to see if it hits. And then you yes. both of you just appear... Next to this giant ooze. Havilar. how does that feel? Thrilling.
5: Also, can I have done one small thing before?
4: Oh, uh, what would you like to do? I would like to have pulled
5: the pin on Zuni's muzzle. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can. And <laughs> As I get pulled away, I go,
4: Don't eat it! The basket <laughs> comes loose, and you see the giant grinning hellhound. <laughs> dripping like fire.
1: 24 to hit?
4: Uh, 24 does hit.
1: All right. Nine damage, and we're both teleported there. Yep. So that's my first attack. And then I'll draw my Sword of Answering for my second 30 to hit. That does hit. For a total of 10 damage on that one. Okay. Uh, then I will Axe and Surge. Bring
4: on the and other And do two more.
1: 26. Yep. 16 points. Okay. And I crit on 19s. Ooh. <laughs> so that
4: is, that is a crit. Okay. As you calculate that damage... Or how, how fast is that going to be? Because you're not quite... Uh, you can move on to Havilar. Well, so Havilar, <laughs> uh, you're yes. about to go. You've been teleported, but the ooze is going to go again. Oh, okay. So before you get a chance, it is going to go after Carlton. So you'll get this all this damage off. But now that you are next to it, the creature, in its excitement, surges forward. And I do need both Havilar and Carlton to make... Dexterity saving throws. Can I use indomitable and roll again? If you want to, absolutely. I rolled an eight, so I do.
6: Is this a (laughs) magical effect or is this just it going to body them?
4: It is not a magical effect. No. Avalar, what'd you get? Uh, 16. That is a failure. Darn
1: it. Oh, no. And I could see it, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, 10.
4: That is also a failure. Okay. Carlton, (laughs) give me your damage.
1: 31 (sighs) points.
4: Awesome. You slash and dive at this creature, big gouts of your sword rend through it, and then it shudders and then surges forward and engulfs the two of you. Oh, no. (laughs) Both of you are at the moment. You cannot breathe. You are restrained and you both take 21 acid damage. Yeah, so Havilar, you have this awesome moment of being teleported right next to this orange It was giant, so exciting. It was, it was super exciting, and now you're inside of it, and it's less exciting. I would like to okay. point out, Bernie said not to
1: trust me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yes, I did. I said that. I was right. Okay. This is not the first time. This won't be the last time. So, uh, Havilar, you are currently engulfed by this creature. You can take your action to
4: try to escape, or if there's something else you'd like to do, let me know. Well, I have
5: have this fancy helm of teleportation. Okay. It seems like it might be easiest to just bloop out.
3: Leave his ass there. (laughs) And you take another creature.
5: I do feel a little bad. It doesn't... It can use an action and use a charge, and it doesn't say... It says the teleport. Oh, it's so sorry. It says the teleport
4: spell, which I was supposed to look up specifics on.
5: You and up to 8 creatures. Yes, I can take him with me. Awesome. I will return s- the favor. <laughs> I will
4: say in this moment, if you would like to try to return the favor that the hands that you had been holding in order to do the initial teleportation are still close enough that through the ooze you can make that connection again, would you like to use your helm? Where would you like to teleport to?
5: I would like to teleport out of the ooze, but kind of in front of the elevator where we could still um, hit it because I would like to use my accent surge and then hit it. Okay. You can definitely
4: do that. You all hear this weird noise as the two of them appear (laughs) right in front of the elevator. Holy shit. And now that you're out of it, Carlton and Havilar, would you both give me... (laughs) Would you both give me (laughs) perception checks? 20. Ooh. Ooh. Is that a natural 20 or is that a... No, I rolled a... A Dirty. Also a soft 20. Dirty 20. The both of you were in this creature long enough that you got a taste of, oh, because you both kind yeah. of instinctually tried to breathe. Yeah, that tastes like cheddar. Havelar, would you like to action God surge? God it, Lauren. Are we fighting fondue? <laughs> More food. Havelar, you said yes. you wanted to action surge and attack it from, <laughs> I, I assume you have reach. I'm sorry.
2: Now, what cheese has the highest acid oh content? Like, what kind of cheese is this? This very—it's clearly cheese, corrosive. High. Chicken.
5: Food, you is want so much
1: food.
4: food is funny. Food
5: funny. <laughs> is funny. She's not wrong. Oh, I'm gonna first. I'm gonna hex it. Although I'm, I, I kind of sorry. I'm trying to learn all these things. That's I'm okay. Not sure, what to? I'm not sure what to give it disadvantage on. But I feel like I would know. Enough about what Baloth and Freely um, do when they're fighting to um, have a guess if there's something that it needs to roll.
6: I mean, out you've seen enough. a lo- you've seen a lot of fireballs thrown at it, so I, I think you could, you've been in the game long enough to know that's dexterity based. I would think that's not too meta. No, that's mm-hmm.
4: definitely understandable. <laughs> All right, so
5: um, it's going to have a disadvantage on dexterity thralls, Uh Dexterity rolls, sure. And then I'm going to hit it with my glaive and do I don't think I can trip it so I'm gonna do this precision attack okay okay I'm gonna say uh off you're on deck after this okay so that's uh 24 that hits is an eight? Oh, sorry I have to roll three times I forgot I hit it three times that's all right
0: yeah, B. Dave, I was looking at my spell and I missed out on 20 d6 of uh bludgeoning damage. It's not fire and bludgeoning damage. Yeah. If we're time with the spell. It's fire. Yep. Uh, Jonathan,
4: if you okay, s- if you would like to roll that now, I will take sure. that because that seems if you're gonna if you're gonna ninth level meteor swarm, the, I don't want to lose the, out on that. So give me uh, that in a moment. Havilar, what was your damage?
6: Meteor swarm's um, the whole thing, yeah.
4: I told you did
5: I tell you the first one? Uh, it was eight. Okay, so then I did an additional thirty damage. Awesome. Uh, The lowest, sorry, but the lowest hit was twenty. Did a twenty hit? All that hits, yes. Okay, cool. So this
4: thing is huge and fast. Oh, but yeah. Sorry, I forgot one other thing. Sure. Five necrotic. Ooh, nice. All right, yeah. You slash at it, and then are you gonna stay there, or are you gonna get back into the elevator? I really want to hit it again, but I did get told to get back in the elevator. Um. Oh, I'll get back in the elevator, but under duress. Okay. <laughs> with with a, a grunt of of unhappiness, Havilar steps back into the elevator. Jonathan, what was that other damage that we missed out on?
0: 38 more bludgeoning damage.
4: Alright. Yeah. The creature continues to pulse and grow, but all of the damage that you have done, one whole side of it, is seared and burned, and there's globules of it just falling onto the ground with this wet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> gross.
4: Uh, yeah. Bailoth, it is your turn, Bernie. You're going to be up.
2: All right. Bailoth, having just seen Jonathan cast that Meteor Swarm, briefly considers casting it as well because, let's face it, plagiarism is the sincerest form of flattery. But <laughs> in the interest of variety, instead he's going to cast Disintegrate at ninth level. Oh. And it's at disadvantage on its dex saves, yes?
4: It is. Great. And
2: I'm also going to be... I believe, empowering this spell, so I'll get to re-roll any ones and whatnot.
4: All right. I don't believe a seven will save.
2: No, it will not. So here's that damage. So it's 111, and how many ones... Holy shit. Wow. How many ones do I get to re-roll here? I see three ones. Well, I can also... I can re-roll any twos as well, because I can re-roll up to five dice. Okay, so the... You've got at least two twos in there. So yeah, you can re- re-roll five. Okay. I love the spellcasters so, helping each other out. So oh, that's, that's 111 one? minus five points of damage. Or no, wait, seven points of damage? Yes. And then we'll, okay. and then I'll just re-roll, uh, what, 5d6? So and you're at 104. So 104 plus. So 120 points of damage total from that disintegrate.
4: So a whole chunk of this ooze just disappears and one of the arms that has been lashing out at you Disintegrates literally into dust, just orange embers falling onto the ground as you cast this epic spell. And while the creature is still there, you've done a grievous wound between all of the damage that all of you have already put on it, onto it, and then this, like a whole section of it is gone. Um, is there anything else you would like to do?
2: Uh, I'll use my bonus action to regain a spell slot, one of my the fourth level spell slot that I'd cast earlier, and. Uh, basically, you know, as this big disintegration effect happens, uh, Bayloth is like, and that's how we do things in showbiz.
0: Yeah! And Jonathan <laughs> the Muscular like, comes in for a uh, Arnold slash Carl Weathers-esque uh, <laughs> hand clap. Uh, Bailoth,
2: uh, the predator. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, ha ha, you son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Bailoff, son of a bitch.
4: <laughs> this moment is epic and amazing. And it kind of sucks when the ooze then surges forward. Yeah. Carlton, it is now next to you, but it is Ooh. going to reach out one of its tendrils and go after Bailoff because, mm-hmm. because Ow. Because Ow.
2: Because Ow.
4: So the first attack, wow, I'm rolling beautifully. That would, that's probably not going to hit a 15. That does not hit. Okay. The, it's got to get like around Carlton and there's this <laughs> epic arm thing happening. And, so, and that's a big thing to get around. <laughs> yes. The second one is a dirty 20.
2: It would hit, except that uh, I, as a reaction, I cast shield.
4: Okay. <laughs> the second it tries to whack you on the right side, and it can't quite reach you, it tries to whack you on the left side, and it bounces off your arcane shield, and it is Bernie's turn.
3: When Carlton kind of landed, did he mention the smell of cheese? I don't think anyone has mentioned the, the smell or
4: taste of this yet. No.
3: <laughs> Dang it. Bernie, Bernie looks at Carlton, she goes, that was stupid, why isn't it? No yeah look was. how great we did what is it you were inside it what is it
1: it's an ooze
3: nothing just regular ooze nothing special
1: i mean it had a slight like cheddar-y aftertaste but you know it could be all the cheese that she has lying around because apparently she likes cheese
3: that well don't we all um and so bernie is gonna cast insect plague at six levels <laughs> okay <laughs> and it's gonna take the form of ants <laughs> all right i love it <laughs> Tell just
2: me carry it away.
3: Yep.
4: Around you, falling off of you, is just suddenly a swarm. Are they uh the little black ants, the little red ants? What what kind of swarm you got?
3: Fire ants.
4: Oh, the red ones, yeah. Out of yeah. your hair. <laughs> like it's it's almost disconcerting out of your It's, your really, big...
3: gross. Like, it's really gross. What? It's really nasty. It is.
4: But they they leave you, you know, alone and they leave everybody alone and swarm towards this ooze. Uh, what do I gotta do, or what do you gotta do?
3: uh d- 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 i think i roll and then we'll be at the top of the
4: initiative and freely you will be up next
3: it is actually you have to roll a constitution save jk
4: all right uh i rolled a 21 on my constitution saving throw
3: it has to beat a 19 god damn it but even on a failed save you're still gonna take damage sure so
4: bring on that ant damage
3: it is actually 37 points of damage, so half of that.
4: Okay.
3: It's it's a little disconcerting because all the ants latch on to this ooze
4: and they get in those horrible fire ant bites that just, ah, you almost feel it under your own skin. And then the ooze just engulfs them.
3: And then as a fourth level spell, as her bonus action, Barney is going to cast Spiritual Weapon.
4: All right. Next to the creature, your Spiritual Weapon appears. What does it look like?
3: It looks like a bottle of Lactaid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bottle of Lactaid appears. It was going to be a wet vac until we found out this was cheese. <laughs> Go ahead and make an attack with your with your Lactaid. All right. Does a 22 hit? 22 does hit. And uh, 14 points of damage. 14 points of lactose damage. Sure. It
4: also slices through this creature. You don't notice any extra damage from the lactate, but uh, you, you've done some grievous wounds. Freely, at the top of your turn, you notice that within the next six seconds, the elevator doors will be closing. You also all notice that you've done a massive amount of damage to this creature. And while it, it continues to grow and surge towards you, and now it is... Only five feet from the elevator, the mass of this creature. You have done a lot of damage to it. What would you like to do?
6: Okay, well, do I feel like I have a chance to if it's close, I can hit it and still be within range of the elevator to to
4: Yes. If you okay. do basically what you did last time. You could you okay. could step five feet out next to Carlton, give him a little give him a little high five, whack this thing and step back in, assuming it doesn't, you know, grab you along the way.
6: I'll Drop my shield and pull out the, the moon blade, come out of the second arm, and I'm like, okay, we need to put this thing away. And then like run in. So I'm gonna take three attacks at it. Sure. Alright. And pending how this goes, I will drop a variety of smites on it.
4: And once you're done, Jonathan is gonna be up.
6: Yes. Um I'm gonna use the defensive uh defensive flourish for the record here. So let's first let's just take a swingaro. Uh, ooh, does 19 hit? It does. All right. So that's hit number one. Oh, I did not Hexblade curse it. That would have been a crit. Shoot. but Fair is fair. And I did not. Uh, There's a 28. I'm going to assume that hits. Oh, yes. Third one is going to be 23. So okay. all three hits. All right, uh, I will tabulate up the, the damageage.
4: All right, while you are uh, totaling your massive amount of, of epic damage, uh, we'll get back to you in a moment. Jonathan, what are you doing? Uh,
0: he's going to make this very simple uh, this round. He is going to cast another fifth level fireball, except this one he is going to over channel. Mm. I don't use this very often, but I should. When you cast a wizard spell of first through fifth level that deals damage, you can deal maximum damage with that spell. And then if I use this feature again before I take a long rest, I take some necrotic damage. So hopefully (laughs) I I don't need to do that. So his fifth level fireball will deal uh, 60 plus his intelligence modifier, so 65 damage on a dex saving throw.
4: Yep. Let me make that with disadvantage because of Havilar and thus the nine. Will not save. Now, because the creature is right up against where both Freely and Carlton are, because in this moment you're kind of going at the same time, d- describe how you sculpt around the two of them.
0: So the fireball goes out and uh, he sees where where his friends are. He says, oh, danger close. And Freely, the fireball explodes right near you. But the blue flames uh, channel around you, uh, leaving you unharmed. And anyone who is close also gets ch- gets channeled around. Uh, as the spell is sculpted around
4: you. And how much damage was that?
0: Uh, 65.
1: Whoa. I looked at Freely as this is happening, and I was like, when he first learned how to do that, you know how many eyebrows I went through? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carlton, you're going to be up next, but let's jump back to Freely. Do we have some damage? Uh,
6: so hang on. I have I have one last thing, thing to roll here. Three, sure. Uh, um, And I'll, I will have it for you right now. So I'll just do this as one big, um, all three smites is one roll here. I have gotten so many ones and twos. That Uh, happens. uh, All right. That's not terrible. All right. So let's see here. That's 38 plus 13 plus 9 plus 14. So hold on a second here.
4: I'm just doing it plus (laughs) 13 plus 9 plus.
6: Yeah. It was a total of 38,
4: 13, 9, 14. Awesome. As all of this you you and Jonathan kind of end up teaming up on this second arm, this second pseudopod that has come out that had just tried to uh go after you, and even as the creature continues to surge forward, you hack it and Jonathan burns it, and it is a third of it again is just turned into dust and burnt. What now you're kind of recognizing is bits of, like, melted cheese. It's a little disgusting. And do you step back into the elevator? Okay. Carlton, before you do get a chance to go, the last remains of this creature, which is still there. Oh, what's up, Jonathan?
0: Oh, I also used a bonus action to throw a star at it. Oh, okay. I hit a 19 and did 29 more damage.
4: 29? Okay. Then, yeah.
0: I got five stars left.
4: The creature. Carlton, before you get a chance to do anything surges forward again, I do need you to make a dexterity saving throw, as it's going to try to engulf you. Nine. These are some amazing dexterity saving throws from Carlton. Oh, no. Carlton, I hope you like cheese. You've been engulfed. I do. I do (laughs) like cheese. So you're going to take 21 acid damage as you are once again brought into the belly of this beast. Carlton... Yeah, even though it's not your turn just yet, because it's still this ooze's turn, go ahead and make me a perception check as you are engulfed and into it. 17. So there's only like a a third of this creature still alive, moving. While it continues to grow, the amount of damage that you've done to it has definitely weakened it to an extent, and it looks like you're getting the upper hand. You also notice it has engulfed a bunch of other things in this room. You see chairs, tables, bits and pieces of Paper a weird glowing ball that is lighting and flashing in a very rhythmic pattern that seems to be flashing faster and faster as you look at it. As you are engulfed, two arms whip out. One I guess at Havilar? Yeah, I guess it's gonna go after you, Havilar. It's it's not happy with you.
1: Carlton just slowly, like through the ooze, waves at his party like <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Little Haker.
4: laughs> It's kind of opaque, but it's got this orange sheen, to, this orange color to it. It's like there's food coloring in it. And so it's hard to see. But once Carlton is inside, Gross. it's a little easier to see.
6: We're not just fighting cheese, we're fighting freaking Velveeta. <laughs> ah,
4: <yes. laughs> there you go. Mm. Havilar does a 32 hit you? Uh, it does. Uh, oh, you are going to take 22 <laughs> piercing damage. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, I did that. I rolled a 19. Uh, yeah, you just barely manage as the arm whips out at you and not only whacks you, but then tries to grab you and drag you towards the main body. But you shimmy out of the way. And Carlton, it is now your actual turn. Uh, Havilar, you're going to be up after this. You are engulfed by this creature. What would you like to do?
1: Well, that makes me angry. So I'm going to rage. Like you see like three spectral spirits surrounding me inside of this thing, I guess. <laughs> Would, uh, what kind of... How would I get out?
4: Uh, you would need to use an action to make a strength check.
1: Oh, great. But and it would uh, be your full action. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and bust out of this sure. uh, Carlton style. Uh, so it's a strength check, you said? Yep. Or not? Okay. Just straight? Or is it athletics? Or
4: oh, It's a strength saving throw. Sorry, but it's a, a straight saving
1: throw. Okay. Strength saving throw. Great. I am wonderful at those. and I hope so. Because I'm raging... I believe I get advantage, on advantage. 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 That'll be a soft 20.
4: That just makes it. You, uh, well, describe. How, how do you just barely crawl crawl <laughs> your way out of this creature?
1: So it's like this Velveeta-y uh, kind of like opaque orange. I get real pissed off. Some of my ancestral spirits, and they kind of like lead me to the direction, like the s- closest edge, because I have no idea how thick I am in anyone. And I kind of just start scooping with my sword, like, in a, like a twirly motion to kind of like weasel my way out. Yeah. Yeah. And then I go. K-plip.
4: Yep. Right onto the ground. Five feet from uh, the what's left of the mass of this thing. What would you like to do?
1: And I go. Nope. 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 And I go back into the elevator. <laughs>
5: All right. Havilar, it's your turn. Right, I have a quick question. The size of the room. What's the, what's the size category above large? Gar- no, huge. A huge, huge yeah, huge. huge
4: and then gargantuan. This creature is considered gargantuan. Would a huge creature be able to stand in this room? Now that you've done all of this damage to it, yes. Before, when you first arrived, when this ooze had filled the room, no. But now that two thirds of it is destroyed and lying on the ground in puddles, essentially, yeah. So I have this potion of growth, and I was going to drink it, but.
5: I think if I feed it to Zuni, she'll eat some of this monster. Okay. And I will have to clean it up. And I'm not happy about that. But it might make this go a little quicker. And also, I want to see Zuni get real big. Okay.
2: <laughs> and let's face it. <laughs> Is that exciting? Dogs love cheese.
5: That's what I'm thinking. It's yeah. going to have the worst I, cheese fight. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, options. No. <laughs> fight the ooze, the cheese ooze while trying to keep Zuni from eating the cheese ooze or lean into it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to call Zuni over and, beat her the potion of
4: growth. Zuni <laughs> trots on over still eyeing this ooze like come on mom mom wait,
6: mom wait, let wait, me wait. let me. Does let that me. mean Zuni won't be able to fit in the elevator to leave though?
4: I can teleport her out. And and also even at that size remember this elevator is massive. Okay, so yes. Okay. I
5: thought about it some. Just, enough. Just, I thought about
6: it I'm just it saying enough. Freely will stay, we'll stay here and die with Zuni. That's why I'm all like oh well yeah, right, we're doing listen, this. Okay great.
5: <laughs> and honestly, Freely,
3: we should not get in the elevator with her after she eats this stuff. It's going to be gross. But heroes make sacrifices. Bernie's going to say, you know, I tried restoration. It, there's nothing. There's no spell. Just so let you know, there's literally no spell that's going to stop that sting.
5: No, it's okay. She's not technically a dog. She's a devil. So she's not really built to eat things. So it's bad no matter what.
3: Oh. You know. Okay, I'm just letting you know this is like miles of bad road.
5: <laughs>
4: it's okay, I've been here. Okay. All right. You feed her the the potion. She grows to what was the size again? Uh, she's a large creature, so she'll be huge. She, she is huge. She's huge. And then you're going to send her on
5: in to devour. Yes, yeah, so I'll say she can eat the cheese. All right. And feeding someone else a
4: potion is an action or not? I don't ever remember this one. It is a. Oh, I don't remember either, but uh, we'll make it a bonus action for funsies.
5: Okay. Then <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and turn and attack the thing. Actually, I'm going to try using this goading attack, so it has to come after me. Um, that will give it disadvantage on everybody else. Okay. And that will hopefully make it more interesting.
4: Sorry, I'm learning all of
5: these things that- <laughs> as we play. That's
4: all right. Bayloth. you're going to be up next, but we do have to take care of um, Zuni going after the cheese. So, So, which is a sentence I just said. Okay, so 17 to hit. 17 actually does not hit. You're a little distracted feeding this potion to your now massive devil (laughs) hellhound She's like,
5: really? 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 Go eat it! And just kind of gets in
4: the way of your, your weapon. I just remembered I totally forgot
5: something else, so I'm gonna um, do the other two attacks, um, and I'm gonna use the the power attack. Sure. Although that one was another bunch of garbage.
4: Oh no! Yeah, seventeen <laughs> does not. Come hit. on. Okay, but that was a twenty. Hey! Yay! Yay! There we go. Give me the give me the natural twenty. Like,
5: stop it, Zuni! Stop it, Zuni! <laughs> yeah! Um, Okay.
4: So eleven plus ten. Twenty-one. All right, and then. As you stab into it, and then you, all of you are still now in this elevator, but Zuni rushes forward. There isn't really an eating attack, so just give me Zuni's attacks, and we'll assume that it includes munching. I didn't make Zuni's um, <laughs> oh, attacks. Oh, okay, perfect. We're going to just use your stats. Still go ahead and give me two attacks, because okay. she is an epic hellhound. Just go ahead and use your stuff, and then I will I mean, roll for some damage. If you okay. think
6: about like a two thousand pound Great Dane in a room full of cheese, I mean that's kind of what. <laughs> that's a lot of Quite, quite the mental image. Quite <laughs> the mental <laughs> image. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes.
2: yeah.
4: the, the, the lower one's eighteen, and the upper one's at twenty-eight. Both of them hit. So what? i right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and roll damage on my side. All right, cool. Yeah. What, uh, Baloth? You're about to go, but what you see in this moment is this massive, hellish dog that you're used to hanging out with just devouring this cheese ooze it's epic and also a little sloppy and there is bits and pieces flying everywhere there is not much of this ooze left the doors are closing what would you like to do
2: is this thing still on disadvantage on deck saves yes then i will cast a disintegrate on it i think
4: okay i just rolled a two so it's gonna fail oh it's gonna fail (laughs) all right well let's just roll the damage then i'm not even gonna try to roll the second one because it doesn't matter
2: and uh, I think I'm just going to use a, a regular spell slot just to, at at six level as it is normally. And once this
4: is done, Bernie, you're going to be up next.
2: I will uh, empower it. So I'll get to reroll any ones and low dice. I'm not going to bother rerolling the threes. I'll just reroll the ones because I might roll lower. So that will be 69 minus three. So 66 plus whatever I roll now. Okay. 66 plus eight. So 74 points of damage from this disintegrate.
4: There is not much of this creature left. And most of it's being gobbled up as, as your disintegrate goes off, you actually watch as Zuni is trying to eat sections that are disintegrating and is like, (laughs) "Um, um, uh, and then rushes forward. Anything else, Baloth? For
2: bonus action, you know, I I don't have any low level spell slots spent, so I'm going to, uh, I'll just sit pretty.
4: All right. Bernie, you're watching in these final moments before the doors close. Uh, you see everything before you. Your spiritual weapon is still up. What would you like to do?
3: I think we're going to go ahead and use the bonus action, have the spiritual weapon attack first. The lactate. The lactate. <laughs> That's going to be a 22. That hits. It's going to do eight points <laughs> of lactose damage. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess, like, the, the two really big spells I took... We'll probably kill that poor dog. Oh. <laughs> so we're not gonna use that. We're gonna we're gonna do a you classic. We're gonna go for a classic, but at a really powerful, we're gonna do guiding bolt at eighth level. Alright. <laughs> Twenty-five. That hits. Whoa, that's a lot of dice. That is. So thirty-four, whatever guiding bolt damage does. Okay.
4: In this epic moment, as the doors are about to close, Bernie casts her guiding bolt. The last little bit of this ooze that is still moving is smacked with this radiant energy, starts to glow, and the final chunk that needs to be destroyed, thanks to Bernie's glowing abilities, (laughs) your hellhound just goes and eats. And that is when... Three things happen all at once. You notice that she then spits out. Because you know how dogs, they just kind of know when you put a pill in their food and they eat their food (laughs) and then they spit out the pill. Well, what she spits out is Carlton. You recognize the little I metal. you were going to say she spit out Carlton for a second. I thought, wow, <laughs> I
3: fucking missed She Sunday. really went ham. Huge. Now,
4: fortunately, all of you are in the elevator when this moment happens, because the third thing that's going to happen is the doors are going to close. The first thing that happens is she, she noms. The second thing is she... And spit something out, which Carlton, you recognize as this little metal ball that has been flashing and flashing and flashing. You notice it's flashing a lot faster now. And it hits the floor of the tower with a metal clang just as the doors close. And there's a moment where you're like, yeah, we destroyed this thing. and an explosion of fire and force hits the elevator, slamming it up against the back. I need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw.
2: All
0: right.
3: Always fun to make a saving throw with no bonuses. Oh, great. Do
2: I gain any advantage from being standing on the carpet rather than standing on the...
3: Sadly not,
4: as the force of this explosion just kind of... It's both the elevator shaft is pushed, and the air is moved, so you're all just kind of making this save.
6: Is it, is it a spell or a magical effect? No, they...
4: this is an artifice destruction device, <laughs> so no, it is not.
2: I'll be using luck on my saving throw.
5: Same.
4: Oh, is it 12 enough
5: to save? Uh, no. Did we find... I'm going to use indomitable I got,
2: <laughs>
6: I got I got a <laughs> one, but halfling luck. Halfling luck. It's just, I've been at the brackets this whole time here
4: bernie Uh, what'd you get
6: oh Oh, another no another no 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 no. another one but now i'm using my luck (laughs) (laughs) wow it's just it's not gonna go down like this
4: let me go around the horn did it just 20 now
6: no there oh that's a seven it just looks like a one okay Mm -hmm. okay. i thought i thought i rolled three ones in a row sorry
4: (laughs) i was waiting for that okay so let's go around the horn bernie what'd you get
3: Well, Barry doesn't have luck or whatever or dexterity at all, actually. So she got a two, just straight two. All right, that is sadly a failure,
4: Carlton.
1: You know, with my danger sense and having advantage and seeing all these things and being up close and personal with it. I knew exactly what was coming, and I rolled an eight. That's a failure.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow, Carlton, I'm really sorry about all these rolls today. It's just- have
1: not done good on any of my tanks.
3: have how much health do you have left? Because I didn't write it down.
1: Oh, I'm fine. Okay. 151.
3: How far okay. would you get? 20.
4: Not a natural 20. That is a success, though. Jonathan?
0: Uh, after two points of luck
2: uh, that were burned for that, he ended up with a 17.
4: That is a failure. Fail off. Oh
2: no! I rolled a three, burned some luck, and rolled a twelve, which is probably still not
6: sufficient.
4: That is also a failure, really.
6: <laughs> no, nope, hold on, hold on a second. This is this is not going to happen <laughs> like this. Hang on, still wait. Rolling. No, this is. <laughs> hang on. I've used all three points of luck, all three oh, points of luck, geez. to get to a seventeen, which I'm pretty sure you already said was not enough
4: that is a failure those of you who failed are going to take 44 points of bludgeoning Ooh. damage those of you who succeeded oh, right. I'm resistant take, to that those of you who succeeded take half as the force of this explosion just knocks you into walls into each other into your own weapons into everything and the whole tower rocks as there is this grinding of metal on metal and in this moment gabriella wakes up because what isn't going to shake her out of a death stupor than a giant explosion she goes are we still alive and you notice that the elevator is not moving for now
5: (laughs) (laughs) i can use my hat again
2: oh Did we get out? Did you escape? Not yet. Uh, We're in the elevator. We're still in the elevator. Look, uh, if you have somebody to teleport me and this thing out of here, let's do it. We have to get this out of here, right?
4: Yeah, you just can't let it eat any of that. That's what caused it. And she's pointing at the chunk of cheese in your hand.
2: Oh. Got it.
4: And there's an awkward moment. As you now kind of feel that the whole shaft in the elevator has been knocked sideways, uh, you're, you're at a slight angle and there's a weird n- n- noise as you hear very clearly the lowering mechanism, the the rope. Above you is being lowered, except the elevator has been shoved to one side and is now wedged in place. And so you're just hearing the rope land on top of the elevator. Ka-choo, 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 ka-choo,
1: ka-choo. I
3: prepared for this! Mayonnaise <laughs> no, 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 definitely not the time, not the time.
6: There's a hole in the side of the elevator for him to deploy mayonnaise directly to the shaft. That's the sentence I said out loud.
3: Right? It's like we planned it! Yep,
1: I'm gonna we're gonna grease these wheels. I start like joshing it out to try
4: to. I love that so much that I'm not even going to make you roll. You pour your jar of mayonnaise out the hole that Havilar made at the beginning, out the side, and it starts to coat the side. And the elevator starts to shake, and you hear this this weird metal on metal grinding noise, and then it comes free, because it's funnier that way. And the elevator. <laughs> <high-five>! <laughs> And because the rope above you had been deploying and deploying and deploying, the elevator starts to fall. And for a moment, you were all in free fall. <laughs> oh! I need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh no! Or feather fall. Nobody needs to make a dexterity saving oh. throw because feather okay. fall has gone. Off. There
2: we go. I don't know how many people I can get. <laughs> One second. I mean, I've got my carpet, so I'm I'm like oh. on that.
3: Oh, yes. I forgot. Yeah. I have my boots, too. Okay. I don't think Bernie actually left the carpet ever.
4: Yeah. So I'll say between that and uh, the quick reaction of Jonathan to grab the people who are not flying or on a carpet, you're all able to maintain that equilibrium as the elevator for about a good 25 feet. And then is stopped by the metal as the it catches up to the end of the rope, and then, with a horrible creaking and grinding, continues its descent, lands on the ground. The doors open, and you're all free to exit the elevator. And as you do and you look up, you see that the top of this tower is a flower that has exploded outward. Pieces of metal are just... <laughs> blown open around and across the field that this tower was in is chunks of what you can only assume as they are not moving of this ooze melting quivering mostly deceased and because it is a magical hellhound from the the nine hells uh, havelar your dog is currently perched on top of the tower, <laughs> gleefully licking scorch marks all over it because I would assume oh, it is fire no. resistant. Yeah. Scorch marks, but unharmed mostly. There's a couple of bruises. Gleefully licking every surface that it can find as it is oh, lapping no. up pieces of cheese.
6: I did say we weren't going to blow it up yet. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and that is the perfect place to end our adventure. Sure. <laughs> We're going to end there. The credits are going to roll. Uh, you're all going to clean each other off and, you know, get your payment from Gabrielle. And get Zuni off the roof. Get Zuni off the roof. We did get roof. paid. That's important. <laughs> exactly. Everybody is safe. And then po- the cr- post credit sequence, as you're all back in Rosarck's tavern, kind of regaling each other about the epic things that you had done, you do see Baloth, you're looking at this piece of cheese as a tiny little chunk of ooze is starting to crawl up your arm towards it.
3: And that is where
4: we'll end the adventure. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes, I did throw more food at you. My players are very (laughs) used to me throwing food at them because I think food is funny. But thank you for going on this ridiculous fun adventure and doing epic things and having fun with it. I do want to give our three guests a chance to once again talk about the awesome places that they can find you as everyone is familiar with me and Jonathan and Jules and John. But Aaron, thank you so much for coming. Would you uh, please take a moment and regale us regale us with all the places we can find you?
5: <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. I'm on Champions of Lore, like B days said when I forgot every Monday at 11 twitch.tv slash cne games and on wednesdays i play cecilia who's definitely not a warlock on uh twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers at 6:30 p.m both those times are pacific
4: excellent and b dave
6: b dave walters i say words about things i am the shadow to aaron's peter pan <laughs> you, you can find me <laughs> wherever <laughs> fine streaming content can be located. Uh, again, we got a big announcement that theoretically by the time you're hearing this, will have already come out. The, the moment that I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. Of course we're clear to do it. Something's going to go wrong. So just check any of, our, any of our... That's fine. 100% fine. By the time you hear this, the word is out. I'll, I'll just say, if uh, check CNE Games Twitter. I am sure you will see what we are talking about there. But um, uh, in the meantime, yeah, come hang out with us. Mondays uh, at 11, uh, we say words about things there. And I'm in a number of places doing a number of things just follow me on the tweetograms at Dave walters
2: awesome and um, mark I am on Twitter at Mark underscore Mir. I'm on Instagram at Mr. MR period Mark uh, You can see me every Monday on the Codename Entertainment Twitch uh, doing Improvised Champions of the Forgotten Realms with Christina Ariel. Uh, you can also find me on Stitch of Fate, a podcast by night. We're just getting ready to launch our season two. We've done our individual stories and we'll be picking up with season two in short order. You can also see me uh, for the next few weeks on roll for its Twitch where we're playing a reskin Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition but it's Mass Effect themed so I will be playing a Volus Adept some might call him a Biotic God that'll be for the next four weeks and uh, and of course I am always available on cameo for all your Mass Effect catchphrase related needs
4: excellent and thank you for joining us thank you to my regular players Uh, thank you to Jack we know you're out there and you're having fun with your new baby so we miss you and we'll see you next encounter Bye. thanks for listening to our adventure